Welcome back to the Fifth Year Podcast. Thank you, everyone, for all your support on episode one. I do apologize about the audio, but we got new mics. We're ready to go. If you're not already, follow us on Twitter at Fifth Year Podcast and on Instagram. We are at the Fifth Year Podcast. Uh, share it with your friends. We're excited to get these episodes out every week. Season's almost here, so let's get this show on the road. Let's get into our first topic, Parker, going to back to the Big 12 here. The Pac-12 and Big 12 met. Looks like the 80s met. So why don't you go into that? Yeah, uh, the Bob Bowlesby, commissioner of the Big 12, and George Klyovkov, the new commissioner of the Pac-12, met as we're just still a few weeks removed from the OU Texas to the SEC, which seems crazy that it's been uh, – only a few weeks, it seems like months with all with that has with how quickly it's all moved along. But this is uh, relevant. It is exploratory and introductory, according to the Athletic. But uh, it's significant. The Big Twelve obviously has to do something. They are either sink or swim. So Bob Bowlesby now being proactive and trying to do its best for his conference, which you could argue may or may not have been the case. They haven't expanded in the past when maybe they should have, haven't made moves, other conferences have, and now he's without Oklahoma and Texas, so they're having to do, he's having to make moves, and whether a full merge, I know they were discussing, they put everything out on the table, the Pac-12 was listening, um, but it was all out there. A scheduling alliance has been discussed, which seems odd. Uh, I don't know how that would work. I don't know. It gives teams, I guess, more high-quality games, but I don't know what how that would financially work, If how much that would actually help the Big 12. They discussed, I believe they, from what the article from the athletic says is that they uh they discussed mergers the merge a merger they discussed alliances. how many teams would that be though because pack 12 I mean, big so 12 what bowlsby would be putting out on the table which is what would get leaked out would be from the big 12 side most likely what bowl what bowlsby would be putting out there would be a full merger because he can't leave he has to do what's best for all the conference members he can't take priority this He's going to try to keep the Big 12 together. That's what... Because if they lose anyone... Oh, so that's 20 teams. Or, 20 teams. That would be, yeah, 20 teams. Okay. So I don't... I I that would be shocked yeah. if there was a full merger. What could happen, though, is the Pac-12... This is a good time for them to assess what the Big 12 has, the inventory, who they could add. The OSUs, the Texas Techs, the Texas schools... Those are probably the ones that are attractive to the Pac-12. Kansas, if they can't make a move elsewhere. So yeah, that would be crazy. Thinking about watching Big Twelve teams on the West Coast at like nine thirty at night. Yeah, I I'm interested interested to see. I don't. Nothing's going to move as quickly as that OU Texas to the SEC because these things take take months and months, if not years. So it's going to be a waiting game. It's just all speculative at this point so it's going to be see if going to be interesting if anyone actually makes a move and when they make the move yeah 
that will be. So what about the Texas schools, Oklahoma State? Yeah, they've the Texas schools, they had a state Congress or state Senate deal hearing, I guess, over all of this stuff and the impact it's going to have on the universities, saying they need as much support as they can get. It's the most Texas thing ever to get mm-hmm. the government involved on this deal. But they, uh, the Texas Tech, Baylor, TCU all came across as united. They said they're working together. But we'll really see. I mean, it's every man for themselves. They're not going to. Would that be the four? Would that be like Baylor, Tech, TCU, and Oklahoma State? Yeah, I think OSU is, they involve OSU, maybe not to the same extent, but they involve OSU in the talks. Because OSU is maybe, it's probably the most attractive of that bunch. So it makes sense to involve them. So what about the Pac-12? How does that affect them? Yeah, we'll see if they they want to do this. Um, The academics... Of the Pac-12, might not be all of, might not be huge fan of this. Uh, the state because you got Stanford, you mm-hmm. got Cal, you got USC, you got UCLA. Those are all. I always forget about the academics of it. Do they really want Stillwater, Oklahoma, and Lubbock, Texas coming into this deal? Whoa, man! No, I don't even mean I. No, I both are fun towns yeah. and great colleges to go to. They're just it's not the same, right? And I'm talking about. That's what could, I don't know. Does that really matter? I think that's dumb at this point to matter because it's all about, it's all about football. If Mm -hmm. you think those schools can help, don't worry about the academics. If you think OSU and Texas Tech, you think if you want an OSU Oregon matchup or a TCU Utah game, the Pac-12 is not that good. I mean, OSU would immediately be one of the best programs in that conference. If you were a Big 12 team left, would you go to the ACC or Pac-12? Rather go to. Pac-12 makes more sense, I think. It's just to- it's two totally different pictures. Like Everything is so different. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're going to one coast to the other, so nothing really makes, mm-hmm. neither really make a ton of sense, but it's nothing makes sense at this point. Right. So. And then anything left with the Pac-12 you want to go on next next up? Yeah, let's move along. All right, so some interesting stuff. Apparently the NCAA is investigating Arizona State. I just saw this, but Parker, you want to go on about that? Yeah, apparently they've been having some illegal recruiting visits during the uh, dead period. There were so, it was, so there's a dead period always during the recruiting season. I don't remember what months it is but where coaches can't be in contact, mm. direct contact with the players. And and I'm not sure the rules have changed over the years and definitely not visits. There's definitely no visits during the dead period. And apparently they've been hosting, allegedly been hosting recruits during the dead period. So uh, two assistant coaches have just today, as of Monday, been placed on paid leave. So... Obviously, there's this is serious. And yeah. So it's they were high school recruits. Just reports. Yeah. So they were hosting them on campus during the. Uh, I wonder because isn't this the first period. year the transfer is you can just transfer whenever, right? Yes. That's ba- because of COVID. It was even easier, and we're yeah. The one time transfer, I believe. 
that or the transfer rule I believe was just approved. I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, so long term, we'll see what happens with Herm Edwards because if these are serious and coaches are getting fired, you got to think his job might be on the line. And he was already a weird hire. He's older. So do you really want to – I think things are only going to go downhill. And this season especially, what are they going to be doing? with? That's two assistant coaches. I guess yeah. two grad assistants will take take spots or if they have maybe an analyst that could take his role. It's short-term and long-term not good for Arizona State. We'll see what comes of it, though. That's what's crazy if all these things are – I mean, I'm not saying it's a rumor, but rumors can happen and then it puts so much focus on one school and then – affects recruiting for one year which makes a big difference yeah kind of pivoting back to what we were just talking about just based off what you're saying how it impacts recruiting this wasn't even on something we had talked about or thought about but i'm interested interested to see how the big 12 schools go forward on the recruiting front because they uh they're they don't really have, I don't know what their pitch is. They don't know what, what they're doing. Mm-hmm. There's so many unknowns. Right now they're in the Big 12, which is a very shaky, shaky waters. So what do they what do they offer? What do they throw to their, their recruits right now? I think the only thing to throw to them, and I just saw this, was uh, Matt Campbell just said all they do is win there. I mean, yeah. that's the only thing you can say. We yeah. win because you don't know their future. So what are you going to tell them? You gotta also start thinking to these Big Twelve coaches, the ones that have opportunities elsewhere. Matt Campbell, he's had already had a ton of opportunities. He's gonna have even, even more if they continue to win. If if they're as good as people expect this year, so if they don't, if things aren't clear here in the next couple of years, and he's just on this island out in the Big Twelve, is he thinking about jump ship? Does I don't know, Gundy, Gary Patterson, anyone that has options elsewhere. I mean, the money's going to dry up too if their TV contract's not as large as what it is right now. It's a big commitment for uh, those coaches. I mean, it's going to be really hard to recruit in the next however long this takes, if it takes till 2025. I mean, it's four years where you don't even know what to tell them. Yeah, yeah, so that's something to watch and see. We won't see the results for a few years, but... All right, next up, we got a little Barstool shout-out. Apparently, Barstool is in talks with MLB to show games on their platforms. Yeah, so this is... It's just reports at this point. Nothing concrete here, but they're in discussions, according to the New York Post. And this would be the second in line if it actually happens. They... Just signed the deal with the Arizona Bowl for sponsorship rights, which is big, but even more significant, streaming rights. So this will be the first bowl game that's fully streamed and not on a network television. This game was on... Is it just going to be on their website? That's my understanding. Hmm. It's... it's uh, This bowl game was on CBS Sports before, so it's not a big money bowl game. It's a lower tier bowl. It's a Mac versus Mountain West matchups, a little action. Uh, it could be a little exciting ball game, but no no powerhouses for sure, at least for now. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that is the future because cable is eventually going to go away. So Yeah, why that, not? I mean, with YouTube TV, I have YouTube TV, and it's the best 
it's just all streaming and it's so easy and that's what it's going to be yeah, just a bunch of streaming Barstool platforms such an enormous following i'm i'd still think rather watch a game on espn or abc yeah or, and listen to herb herb street or a uh brad nestler the right. guys that we grew up listening to but i think there's a large group of people that would love to listen to big cat and brandon walker call game so do you think like joe not joe buck because he has such a good legacy and everything with fox but uh he does know part of my take and everything would he ever consider not he but big commentators ever go to barstool not and not as their at their current outlook right because if all they have is an arizona bowl no one would do right that. i'm just talking about the future i don't know uh i don't see i mean so much history with the and getting bigger and bigger so i'm not gonna say it's impossible ESPN is a giant. Right. ESPN, ABC. That's Disney. That's Mickey Mouse. They're, right. There. So that's they've got big. They've got so much money. They're always, at least for the foreseeable future, they're going to be the the big dog. And Barstool is going to be relevant in, in sports for sure. Um, and clearly, they're trying to get into the streaming game, like everyone else. So, uh, and they they could. Who knows? We'll see. They acquired the score, I think. I saw yeah, that the score app. I use that every day. That's yeah, a big deal. A lot of people use that app. It's, yeah. a, it's a good app. All right. Our next segment. So we want to obviously focus this podcast all about college football, but we do want to talk about other things going on in the sports world. So I got just a few sports news I've seen in the last week, and we'll talk about them. Um, first up, I just had this idea. Do you think with OU Texas moving to the SEC, the game will be at 11 a.m. still? Um, no, I think it'll be the prime time, 3 o'clock Eastern, or 2.30, I forget, 2.30 or 3 Eastern, or is it 3 Central? I think it's 3.30 Eastern. 3.30 Eastern, yeah. 3.30 yeah. Eastern, 2.30 Central. Time that would be slot. awesome. Right now, that's with CBS, but it's about to go, in 2024, we'll be going to ESPN ABC because they paid... I believe over a billion dollars for the TV rights for that one slot, essentially the Crazy. main CBS game of the week. And because of it, they get they still have all the other games they already had, but now they get the SEC game of the week, which you would guess most of the time that weekend would be OU Texas. So I would think it'd be two thirty. Which mm-hmm. OU Texas has been at two thirty before, two thirty three before. It's Recently and in more more years than not, it's been eleven o'clock. But there's it's been two thirty, three o'clock, mm-hmm. plenty of times as well. So, yeah, I think I would think that that will unless it's not the SEC game of the week. Then I just can't imagine an OU Texas night game. Yeah, I don't. So I don't see a night game. Yeah. I think there's more than not just not just out of tradition. Dallas and it's in Dallas, not right. necessarily the best area of town. Mm-hmm. So. I think That's they have true. Concerns about yeah. security and stuff. All right. Logistics. I was also thinking this NBA. So Luca and Trey signed max extensions. Do you think there's ever been two picks traded during the draft? Remember they're they're traded during the draft that have their first contract was a max extension. Do you think that's ever happened? I don't know. I have I have no idea. I was that came to mind. I, but, I will admittedly say because that was there was so much talk about Trey and Luca and who won the deal, and then they yeah. both signed max extensions. Yeah, I can. 
I can, as a sports fan, I can obviously see those are awesome players. But for those that don't know me, I'm, I like the NBA, but I, I'm, yeah, I don't really, you know, I'm a yeah, outside observer. All right, a hypothetical with the uh, first weekend of college football right around the corner. I was thinking about this. Would you rather have the first weekend of the full college football slate or conference championship weekend? If you could just just one weekend. <laughs> the first the first week. You I get think so too. conference championship games are fun, but you have a, it's a small slate of games. Yeah. And in the back of your head, Home you know it's the last game. packed, you know, rather than you know a lot of boring neutral site locations. Yeah. Just the excitement of those games or I think there's more a likelihood of a lot more good matchups than you know you have a larger sample to pull from so i'll take the the, the bigger slate any yeah. day of the week i would say the same thing uh last thing i thought this was pretty interesting Derek king signed the nil deal with the florida panthers did you see that yeah i didn't i didn't really read into it apparently anything, he's gonna have a concession stand item and that's gonna be part of his deal Dude, these miami guys yeah. are <laughs> there's gonna there's gonna have to be some sort of boundaries and there's like really no there there are no boundaries no, they could do anything yeah these kids these guys are gonna make and i'm not saying hey good for them they're making money good for them but this is how do you what do you say i mean there's gonna be guys already they're saying pushing seven figures bryce uh, saban mentioned that about yeah bryce i remember seeing that and a lot of them have cameos i go to every college college player and it's yeah has I think, cameo in it i think majority the vast majority of players it's not going to be a big money deal that top 10 15 percent has a chance to make a lot of money and i mean bryce thompson from oklahoma state basketball player just signed the deal with a car dealership he's getting an orange i Mustang, saw that. i think yeah that was cool so i guess they can just give these athletes cars now? i thought the same thing <laughs> when i saw that yeah uh all right so that is all we have but not not very interesting this week parker you want to tell us your bet yeah this is a not actually one i one that i have made i just like it i heard someone say it the other day and it's oklahoma state over seven and a half wins i don't know if there's juice on it or not and i don't even know if i'll take it i just like the sound of it they return a lot of their defense, which was really, really good last year. Malcolm Rodriguez anchoring it at linebacker. They're good at all three levels. They've got dudes on the even side of the ball, which is weird to say about Oklahoma State. Traditionally, high-powered offense, but right now that defense is their anchor. Mm -hmm. So if they can get some any sort of steady play out of Spencer Sanders, I think, they have a chance to win eight, nine games, a typical eight, nine, 10 win Gundy team. They'll never, they'll never, or they hardly go to that next level, but they're solid. They're always solid. They're consistent. You know what you're going to get out of them. They're going to win some games. They shouldn't win. Probably they're definitely going to lose some games. They shouldn't lose, but they're a solid team. So I think the over there is good. They, they're still good at running back, LD Brown back. Uh, what's his name from uh, Bishop McGinnis in Oklahoma City? Can't remember his name. They got some guys at receiver, like a Presley, the older Presley brother, who had a really strong bowl game. 
They expect big things out of him. So I think OSU has a chance to uh, win eight, nine games this year. All right, moving on to one of the best college football coaches of all time. Bobby Bowden passed away a few days ago, so Parker and I thought it'd be cool if we kind of went over his legacy and some of his achievements. Yeah, Bobby Bowden, this is really sad for anyone that, for, that, for anyone that loves college football because he's one of the best coaches of all time. He was the coach of the 90s. There is no doubt about that. He was at Florida State for 33 seasons. He had those two national titles, 93 and 99. So one in the BC, one of those was in the BCS era. This is the craziest stat, is that 14 straight seasons with top five finishes from 1987 to 2000. They went to the ACC in 1992, won it, at least a share of the conference, every single season until 2001. Those They were a dynasty, a powerhouse in the 90s, and it wasn't just the 90s. He had really good teams in the 80s and into the early 2000s as well. He was there for 33 years, so he had staying power. He coached a lot of some of the best college football players of all time, Deion Sanders, Charlie Ward, Derek Brooks, Warwick Dunn, Chris Winkie, Marvin Jones. 31 bowl, bowl appearances in 34 seasons. So his tenure was was really unparalleled. Second all-time wins. On a personal level, he impacted many. If you were on social media this week, you, you saw the outpouring from all sides, from school administrators, coaches, Ex, some of his ex-players, lots of his ex-players. He had a clearly had an impact on a lot of people. So while his last few years in Florida State weren't ideal, he was forced out, really. His legacy as a whole is, is one of the best of all time. He's a college football Hall of Famer. Uh, his final public words were I've always tried to serve God's purpose for my life on and off the field and I'm prepared for what is to come. My wife Anne and our family have been life's greatest blessing. I'm at peace. So rest in peace, Coach Bobby Bowden. He was 91 years old and someone that was had an impact on lots of lives in and out of college football. So um, prayers to the Bowden family, but um, just a cornerstone in college football. Well said. All right. Next up, we're going to do some fan questions, so be sure to send in the fan questions during the week. First off, Carter Nelson from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Parker, your thoughts on Michigan football under Harbaugh? Yeah, so I'll admit this was a hand-delivered question, not even sent in. He asked me this the other night I saw him. And I told him I'd answer it on the podcast. I've been I've been very, very shocked to see how the Harbaugh tenure's gone so far at Michigan. I was a huge Harbaugh, Harbaugh supporter. He was what he did at Stanford was amazing. They were one of the worst college football programs in the country. 
when he took over and he had them winning BCS Bulls. He was really good with the 49ers uh, early in his tenure. It was just the last few years kind of got kind of got rocky, but took him to the Super Bowl with Colin Kaepernick. But it just hasn't gone as hoped at Michigan. They had high, high, high standards. They paid him. They paid him a lot of money, and he's not won a Big Ten championships. He's not beating Ohio State. He's had good seasons. He's had teams that were contending or were national title contenders heading late into the season, and they just couldn't get over that Ohio State bump. Thus, couldn't get over that Big Ten East champion bump. Which so they can't win the Big Ten if you can't win the Big Ten East. And Michigan fans want to win the Big Ten. So it's going to be he got a restructured deal. Uh his a lot of people didn't know if he was gonna re-sign, if they're gonna re-sign him. They signed him through 2025, but a very, very friendly deal for Michigan. His starting salary is four million four million dollars now, compared to I believe it was over eight million, so it got cut in half his buyout is really cheap so if they want to fire him it's not going to cost a lot of money it starts at four million and this is a new contract yeah yeah it's a new contract hmm. restruct it was his contract was up so they had to re- renegotiate and they gave him yeah, his, his deal is not nearly as friendly for him but yeah uh go through 20 yeah it's a buyout of four million dollars this year but drops each year so hmm. that's not expensive for michigan yeah. i'm looking at he went to the he coached at the Raiders and then San Diego, which is a San Diego you know, is a F, FCS program. Oh, okay, that's a weird way of saying that. All right, yeah. all right. Is that all you have um, on? Yeah, this year's but this year's huge for Michigan. Uh, the quarterback's been an issue, so I I don't know who's the favorite there right now, but it's a QB battle, and they need some stability at that position. I feel like Michigan never knows knows who their quarterback's going to be till the they season. Have a, I know opener. they have the Tech kid, Texas Tech kid transferred there. Oh yeah, and they've got a couple other guys that got some playing time last year. So that's going to be key. If the quarterback position can be better, man. They also have a lot of coaching turnover. They had Don Brown is now. I think they fired him. Their defensive coordinator. He's at Arizona now. And then the guy. Uh, that they hired a defensive coordinator is now was quick was then repl- hired to be the head coach at uh, Buffalo, so that's uh, their they've got some turnover. So t- if they're if they have good um, turnover in the coaching spots and there's that's not a significant uh, if they don't get worse coaching, which I don't know, I would assume he's making good hires, but. Michigan's not necessarily that attractive mm-hmm. for assistant coaches right now because or others than in industry it? would say it. Well, no, because it's just, do you really want to get on with a coach that might get canned but after this year? That's when you move up. But not at Michigan. They'd clear house. Oh, uh, yeah. So coaching, how that looks, and the quarterback position are, the, I think, the two keys for Michigan. I wouldn't set your... Set your bar high for the Wolverines, though. I, I just don't think it's going to work out for Harbaugh, but we'll see. He can turn it around. Do some if he can finally beat Ohio State. It comes down to that. 
All right, moving on to the next one. Bo from Clemson, Heisman sleeper, someone besides Rattler. Yeah, thanks, Bo, for the question. I'm going to stay in the Big 12. The The favorites are, are Rattler, uh, DJ at Clemson, Bryce Young, those guys, and then Sam Howell at North Carolina is one of the other favorites. I didn't realize. Yeah, Howell and Rattler are the two best returning quarterbacks in the country. But I'm going to go with the running back, which doesn't happen that often nowadays. It's a quarterback-friendly world in college football. so He can cool. do it, though. But, yeah, but he that he is Brees Hall at Iowa State, so I'll stay in the Big 12. Hall had a huge, huge, well, last couple of years. But... Um, he returns to an Iowa State team that's going to be top 10 preseason in the country, probably top six or seven in the country. And a team that returns 19 of 22 starters. Most of their guys that were seniors last year are taking advantage of that COVID year and returning. So they're back wanting to win the Big 12 title. Those guys include Purdy, a quarterback who is – one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Kolar, a tight end. Guy is a big body and a problem for Big 12 linebackers and safeties. So they're going to be really good. Their offensive line returns basically intact. So everything around should only get better. So if he's healthy, I don't see why Brees Hall doesn't have an enormous year. Yeah, he's a stud. Yeah. All right, last up, trivia time. Parker, ready to roll? What was it, three for three five four. last week? All right, I got to do better this time. Question one. The Citrus Bowl and Cure Bowl are located in what city? 20 seconds. Orlando. This Heisman quarterback has the most yards of total offense in one game. 20 seconds. Can you repeat that? Can this you repeat Heisman that? winning quarterback has the most yards of total offense in one game. Andre Ware. Lamar Jackson. Question three. What coach had this career path from 1978 to 2003? Wake Forest, Illinois, Texas, Arizona. Were those all head coaching positions? Yes. Will you repeat the schools? Wake Forest, Illinois, Texas, Arizona. I forgot to start the timer, but I'll give you five seconds. I don't know. John Makovich. All right, one for three. Question four. Ohio State had three players selected in the top ten of the 2016 NFL draft. Eli Apple was one. Name the other two. Ezekiel Elliott. That's one. Is the other a skilled position player? No. One of the Bosa brothers? Joey Bosa, Joey. I'll give you that. They're the same person. <laughs> They're the same person, yeah. Question five. This SEC player led the nation in sacks in 2009. Led the nation in sacks? Yeah. Ten seconds. Dan Cody? Two for five. Dang. Dang That's uh, 
Clint brought the heat there. I did. I didn't know how those would go. No, that was. I like it. I like a challenge. Don't give me. I don't need softballs. All right. Well, that's all we have, Parker. Any anything you want to say before we head out? No, just really ready for the season. That's when it gets really fun. It's talking season, as they say, but only a couple more weeks. That first weekend of uh, there's a short slate. The last weekend of August, which includes uh, Nebraska, Illinois, so a Big Ten game may not be a great game, but it's college football. So we're only what three weeks from that? Is it two or th- three? I think three. Yeah, three weeks. I think so. Yeah, it's approaching. Then the next weekend's a full slate of games, which includes some some good ones. So looking forward to talking to you guys every Thursday as we get to that and then really get rolling.